Hey kids, welcome back to the next episode of the Incredible Kids Podcast. My name is Moritz Siri, and I will be your host through this incredible journey. We are going to meet many incredible kids. They are going to share with us their stories. Some of them super cool and different like you've never heard before. And some you may say are just ordinary, but all of them incredible. If you have great ideas, email me today at ikidspodcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for Incredible Kids. It's time for the joke of the day. Yay! Today's joke is brought to you by Sarah H. from Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel. Why do hummingbirds hum? Because they don't know the words. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the next awesome, incredible episode of the Incredible Kids podcast. I'm so excited to be doing this episode because it's been niggling at me for a long time. I love art. I've always been into art. I love drawing. I love painting. And I feel like a lot of kids, and I say this a lot, I feel like a lot of kids who come onto this podcast and schmooze with me end up telling me about something artistic. And I figured that there's so much more to art than just coloring and drawing and painting. And I want to explore it a little bit more here with all of you guys. So I invited on... Very, very special guest I'm going to tell you about shortly. But first, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Mosaic Press. You're going to hear about one of their incredible books called Which Way Is Up by Robinson Feige Torsky. And of course, don't forget to use the code KIDS18 for 18% off the entire website, (laughs) mosaicapress.com. My first conversation that I'm going to share with you all today is my conversation with Mina. She's a seven-year-old girl from California who is super artistic and also so and also super adorable, might I say. And I hope you enjoy that piece of our program. And after that, we are going to talk with an art teacher who is not a typical art teacher. Her name is Mrs. Rifke Greenberger, and she is from Chicago. She's a Mora at heart. And she's a mower also, but she teaches a special program that she created. It's called Amuna. It's called Amuna with art. Amuna through art. And it's all about teaching kids about how great Hashem is through like real learning and real teaching and also through art. And it's the most beautiful thing. And I, when I heard about it, I'm like, I need to bring Mrs. Greenberger onto this podcast so that I can learn about it and you can learn about it. Parents can learn about it. Teachers can learn about it. But most importantly, for our incredible kids to realize that there is so much to each and every one of you to be discovered, so much room for us to learn about ourselves, connect to Hashem through art, something you might anyways enjoy doing. So many kids love to do art. So let's learn from this together. We asked our listeners, what is your favorite type of art? And why? Here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Rachel and I'm 10 years old. And my favorite type of art is drawing because I like the finished product. Hi, my name is Ella. I'm nine years old. And my favorite kind of art is drawing flowers. Hi, my name is Siwa and I'm eight years old. And I like painting because I find it enjoyable. Hello, my name is Ellie. I'm 11 years old, and I like drawing because it's fun to try to copy things in real life. Hi, my name is Mordechai. I'm five years old, and I like coloring papers because it's so much fun. Hi, my name is Yosef, and I am 10 years old, 
I really enjoy drawing cartoons because it is really enjoyable drawing funny stories with them. Hi, Mama Siri. My name is Devin, and I am 10 years old. My favorite kind of art is woodworking because it has a lot to do with the mind and the body, and it's very fun for me. Hi, my name is Nehemia, and I'm seven. My favorite type of art is painting because it's easy and cool and pretty. My name is Yael, and I'm five years old, and my favorite thing to do is paint. And can I tell you why? Because I like to take it home sometimes. My name is Hanabela. I like to do green and I have to do, I have to color on the paper. Hi, Mama Siri. This is Rafi. I love painting anything on a paper. I have many favorites, but I'm going to give you only one. You know, when you paint on a special Hanukkah project or a poem project, and I love getting them. I make the savings, and I get them, and I paint it. I I have so much fun painting. Painting is fun. Allow me to introduce the incredible Mina from Agoura Hills, California. Enjoy this conversation. Hi, I'm so excited to interview you for Incredible Kids. Want to tell me about yourself? Hi, my name is Mina, and I'm seven years old. I like coloring and making bracelets for people and just using creative stuff to make people happy. I love that. So you pronounce your name Mina? Is that yeah. how you say it? Yeah. Okay, Mina. Okay, then now I know. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Mina, you reached out to me, like actually. Were you the one who typed up that email? No, my mother. But did you tell her what to say? She no, like she started it and then she, she read it for me and then if I didn't like some of the parts, she, she erased it. Mm, so she made sure you were okay with it because she wrote yeah. it in your name. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. So, <laughs> okay. So you had a lot to tell me in that email and that was a while ago. And since then, have you been listening to a lot of incredible kids? Yeah. Yeah. Your mom tells me you're a super fan. Yeah. I listen like every night. <laughs> like to the same episodes over and over again? Well, like if I listen, like sometimes. Very cool. Okay, so let's talk about you. So, Mina, you told us that you're into coloring and projects and other stuff like that. Where do you live? Agoura Hills, California. Come again? Agoura Hills, California. Agoura Hills, California. Yeah. Okay, what's like the nearest big city? Because I never heard of that. Uh, I don't honestly know. Probably, I'll probably just make a... I don't know. Just, like, is it near like Los Angeles, San Francisco? Yeah, Los, An- Los Angeles. It's in Los Angeles. Oh, you live in Los Angeles? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not from the West Coast, so that's like, you know. You mentioned to me that you go to an interesting school. Can you tell me about your school? It's on the harbor. Okay. And sometimes there's, there's like, the beach right next to it, so, like, sometimes we go to... The, like since um we don't have it's so we don't really have like a playground it's more of just like a learning center we don't have uniform because it's typically not a real school it's just a learning center I think they're thinking making a playground but for now we um we go to the park just my class mm-hmm. and the uh, the older classes they go to the dock and they walk around the harbor okay so your school is not actually a school it's a learning center yeah 
What's the difference? Like, I guess it's more like it's smaller. It's classes are really divided by the grade that you're in. They're divided mm-hmm. by like a few grades. Okay. So like, there's like a hundred. No, not a hundred, but like. I'm definitely exaggerating, but we have three partial teachers, and I have one regular Hebrew teacher, and I have one English teacher. Sometimes we have another one who comes if the English teacher needs help. Sometimes she comes, Uh uh a different one. This is left. This is right. 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 Whoa. So it sounds like there's a lot of teachers. It's not like yeah. a traditional, like, this is your moral, this is your classroom. It's like a yeah, few ages mixed together. Yeah, it's a few ages mixed together. So the way they do it is the Hebrew teacher and the English teacher switch off. And then for Persia, so there's my class is first, second, and third graders. Mm-hmm. And then second. So the second and third graders are bigger class. So they have two Persia teachers for them. And then for the first graders, there's only six. So you said your school's on the harbor, like the beach? Is that like the ocean, like by the ocean? It's on the dock. It's like right near the dock. The dock is where the boats are? Yeah. Okay, and do you get to go there often? Like, is that part of your learning? Do you learn on the beach? So, like, my teacher said, because, like, we always know them so nicely. So she said one time a week ago to the harbor, I mean, the dock, the dolphin, but the day before she said it, she said, like, the next day we could go, and it was pouring rain. Oh, no! <laughs> I hope she made it up to you, though. Did she make it up yeah. a different day? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we're That's so disappointing. So we do this thing called journal. It's basically like we're with my English teacher. We do, there's like a topic, like draw facts you know about like owls. So that's mm, something. Owls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something we can do independently. So while, By yourself. Yeah, by yourself. Mina, it sounds like you have tons. First of all, I love it. You have tons to say. <laughs> You're so fun to talk to. You just like in, in like five minutes, I heard about your school. I heard about how it works. I heard how it's divided. I heard about all the different partial classes you have. Um, and that's awesome. Is that how you usually are? Like you usually have a lot of different thoughts at the same time? Yeah, I just saw this meal. My parents, they're always like, Mina, five more minutes, five more minutes. <laughs> For what? For speaking. And the show For speaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I love hearing you talk. It's so fun. But I get it because sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes you might need to give other people a chance. They want to hear. And then they're like, but then they're like still 10 minutes, like five minutes. Unstoppable. <laughs> it's just too long. Exactly. Do you have trouble in school at all with, well, I shouldn't say school. Do you have trouble in your, in your learning center? What did you call it? A learning center? Yeah. Did you, well, have, you, you, have, you could call it a school, but like, it's not, but really, it's not really a school. school. Right. Okay. <laughs> so when you go, when you go to your learning center, do you have trouble focusing or that's something that doesn't really happen there? Well, like sometimes cause like, if I have like a really bad morning, like, at school. Also, the annoying part is that I have a lot of energy. So, like, sometimes, because since I live far away from school, I live in Nagura, and the school's in Oxnard, so, it's like, it's very far away. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm saying it's very far away because you're not from here. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that because I, I actually heard of Oxnard. Oxnard yeah. is where they grow, like, is there, like, wineries there where they make, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? They grow yeah. grapes there yeah, for the vineyard. Yeah. But I don't usually... Yeah, they have like a lot, a lot of farms there. Okay, so you were saying about um so about traveling to, to school, yeah. yeah. So I have to wake up very early, and like sometimes the drive is so long. So by the time I get there, like I dive in at my schools. By the time they get there, they're probably like davening. Whoever comes early, they could like play a little bit. So mm. I usually, I'm usually one of the later kids. Oh, so that's like, annoying. 
It's like, also because I haven't had a lot of energy, so sometimes it's hard for davening. Usually I'm fine, but like sometimes it's harder because like, it's like I had a bad morning, but usually I, it's so funny. Like, it's a hard spot for me to get out of my bed, but then like, after I get, um, wash my face and get ready, like, I'm just like, is the car here yet? <laughs> you get like more excited. You yeah. just want to go. Yeah. That's amazing. Washing your face. So that's your trick. Like if anyone asks you like, what? Well, no, it's no, only- like, no, it's not really, not just wash my face, like getting dressed, just like putting my hair back. Do you like- actually wash your face? Like, is that a thing? Yeah, I do. Like you wake up in the morning. What do you, how do you wash your face? You like splash water on it? I, I go to the sink and I put my, and I cut my hands and I put on my face. And then you just like smush water all over it. Yeah. And then you're up. Yeah. Okay, but, cool. Because I know it's an expression, but like, I don't know. I never washed yeah. my face before, like in the morning. Like, <laughs> 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 usually, usually you fall down, but there's still like some water on my face. Yeah, I know. Okay. So that's a really good trick. So kids listening, if you need help waking up in the morning, try doing that. It really might help you. Just splash some water on your face in the morning. like you know. Um, okay. So then you got to school. Now, today, let's just focus for a minute because I'm also getting all excited. I'm losing focus. I invited you here for so many reasons. I love that you have so many beautiful parts of you, right? You have such a great, obviously, personality and you have so many talents. And one of the talents that you told me that you are so passionate about is your art. And you started that way, right? Remember you started saying, I'm mean on, I like to color. I want to talk to you about how your art helps you helps Mina, right? Like, how does art make you, maybe it makes you feel calm? Like, I don't know. I don't want to tell like, you what to say. <laughs> like, sometimes, like, it's like, like, I'm the only girl in my family and I'm the oldest. Like, sometimes I just get really, like, angry because, like, my brothers, even though they're younger than me, they always, like, brother for sale, only 50 cents. Are you the oldest? Yeah. Me too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like today, there's three, no, there's four all together, and the youngest one, he's just turned one. Cute. So, so like, whenever they see me playing with him, because today, today I go dressed earliest, but they're already up, like, playing. Whenever, whenever I don't have school, I usually wake up at, like, seven, seventeen. Seven, seventeen? Yeah, and today... Like, exactly up, at seven, seventeen? I usually wake up before that, but I have an alarm on my watch. Oh, okay, okay. So I just, like, turn it off. I probably should change it okay. to 7.15 because I wake up at that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So your brothers make you annoyed, and then no, what is like, that? No, because, like, do you do? Whenever, whenever, whenever I play with them, they're like, no, it's mine, it's, it's, it's mine, like, whatever, it's my baby, like, whatever, you know, it's not really Whatever good. you're fighting about. It's yeah. the families. Right. No, it's not like that. Just, like, sometimes they'll, like, like, them too. Like, sometimes it's, like, they have, like, an empty bucket. Like, they always, like, try to find ways to, like, make me annoyed and, like, it makes me really annoyed. When you feel so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath. One time I was reading, I was reading a book with one of the boys. And then the other one, he was, like, getting a little bit jealous because I'm the only one who was reading. I was reading with the younger one, but the older one... Like, he's learning. Like, he knows how to spell his name. He knows how to spell, like, dog and, like, a few other stuff. Okay. Like, he doesn't know how to read, like, a book. Right. Yeah. So, like... Because he doesn't so, go to learning center, like you. 
No, she does go to school. She oh, he does. Okay. Yeah, she goes. <laughs> like, he got really annoyed that I wasn't reading because then I, was, I told him he could read, but then he started hitting me. And then I, I went to my mother's room because she was still, she was still laying in her bed because, like, <laughs> whenever we're playing in the living room, she finds ways to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. I did the same thing, okay? Me and his mother do not feel do not be She's in the other room. She's in the other room, but I'll tell I'll tell her that you said that. Okay. <laughs> so it sounds like your brothers really know how to get, you know, get on your nerves sometimes. Yeah. And make you angry. Really angry. Yeah. So what do you do? Like sometimes if I realize that I shouldn't go back, sometimes I have my own room, which I really like. So sometimes you go to your room because your room... Yeah, yeah. but like sometimes if I get to that point where I actually realize that that's happening, and then like, I just, I have, I don't know what it is, but I have this like, it's like, it's not like a paper, but it's more of like, a, it's like a black like thing, and it comes with like a pen. It's a scratch off, but like, it, nothing scratches off, it's just a different color under it. Okay. It's not like the same. It's, it's like a little soft when you touch it. Oh, yeah. It's this, but I have... Oh, I know. I know what that is. Yeah. And then you could erase no, it. I have, I have a different one that comes with a handle. Okay. So for and people who can't see this, it's just basically a black screen. And you, you could just like color on yeah, it and it makes colors. Yeah. But then you could erase I it. I have another one and I like it better because it's bigger and it takes me more time to like finish. I usually like, I like to finish it, coloring it. Mm-hmm. So like it's longer. So like by so the how, time so I'm how finished, does that help you? I'm usually like focused on that. So like when I get like when it, by the time like I'm almost finished, I like I totally forget about what the boys did. So then like the thing that yeah. triggered you to be angry to begin with, well, kind of. It's still in my life, but like I'm not as angry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like, then do you talk about it afterwards, like, or you just kind of well, move like, on? Well, like sometimes if I, if like I'm still angry, then I do. So sometimes art helps you calm down in some ways. Yeah. Does art ever help you connect with Hashem? Yeah. Like when I was younger, like people would like bully me a lot. So like they still do now sometimes because like I'm shorter than most kids my age. So like okay. they would bully me. Sometimes if that day was like hard, like I draw sometimes of like what if I want to ask Hashem or the next day for to be better or something. I draw on my doodle. That helps me stay calm, and also it helps me like figure out a way to like solve the situation. But wow, also, that's like, so mature. Like it also, like even if it's just paper, mm-hmm. like, it's better if it's the doodle because it makes me stay calm. Mm-hmm. Mina, what kind of doodles do you like to do? Like when you start doodling, right. what comes out? On the paper, it's easier, but like also on the doodle board. Like right now, while I'm talking to you, I'm doodling. Do you know that? Yeah, I know me too. Really? <laughs> I always do that. And I'll tell you what I doodle. I'll show you. Sometimes I doodle hearts. Sometimes I doodle spirals. Like I do round and round and round. Yeah, what but, do you doodle? Like what's like, your automatic doodle? Like on the paper, I usually draw stuff. But on other, like on so the... Like on the paper. If you had a paper and a pen, yeah, what would yeah, you start paper, making? Yeah, the paper, I do actually like draw stuff. But with the doodle board, mm-hmm. I usually just do, like, I just, like, cover the whole thing. If right now you had a paper and a pen, what would you be drawing? Um, like, usually it's, like, oh, like, right now I wouldn't be, like, drawing, like, I'll just do, like, quick pictures, not really, like, uh, actual, like, good, like, 
like you're interviewing me now, so like I also kind of maybe focus on the interview and oh, hundred percent. Like, sometimes <laughs> when I'm spacing out, I make like a cube. Yeah, yeah, like. Like, yeah, what like, do you make? What do you do when you just start spacing out? All this, my brothers, like, my brothers go to bed before me. It's like, while mm-hmm. my parents are putting my brothers to bed, I draw, like, a picture of my family or, like, or I try to copy the Tehillim bookmark. Really? Okay, yeah. that's awesome. From the Tehillim army? You yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah? So I gotta do that. So you just, like, your go-to doodling is just scribbling, basically. Yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. Well, sometimes, like, if, like, if, like, I feel like, I was like, like running out of pictures, and I just saw like a picture of my family or make cards for my parents. Oh my gosh, you cannot draw enough pictures of your family. Like you'll never <laughs> run out of that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's so fun. Uh, when I used to be a kindergarten teacher, I always made it all about me book with my class at the end of the year. And I always made my own. Every year, I made my own version of it. And as Baruch Hashem, as my family grew, like when I first started, I was not married yet. And it was just me by myself, smiling. And sometimes I drew like my brothers and sisters, my parents. Then once I got married, I used to draw me and my husband. Then when I had a baby, I drew me and my husband and my baby. And it was so fun. It was my favorite thing. I love drawing family pictures. They're so fun, right? Also, like, what I like to do is not, if I have a good day, that day, I just, like, feel, like, good and fun to, like, happy pictures. Like, happy pictures. Happy, clappy, chitty, bitty, bum. Happy, clappy, chitty, bitty, bum. Happy, clappy, chitty, bitty, yeah. So a lot of times your drawings are with your mood. Like, whatever your mood yeah. is, that's the kind of drawing well, like, thing. If it's a happy mood, if I'm like angry or sad, I try to do like calm pictures. What's a calm picture? Like, what's an example of yeah, that? Like the doodle. Like, not like, like a picture, but like more of like just like calm, a calm way to draw. A calm way of drawing. Got yeah. it. Okay, that's really cool. What advice can you give kids about art? <laughs> not like when you're older, you could, like, the way that you could get parasa from it is if you practice when you're younger. So the way that you can get what? Parnasa from it when you're parnasa. older. Parnasa. Oh, parnasa. Like making money from it. Yeah. Oh, I like is, that. Is when you're older is mm-hmm. by starting when you're younger. Mm-hmm. You could like you could make paintings and you could sell them. Does that mean that you're gonna do that one day? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to be a teacher, so like maybe like I'll make pictures like for my students or I can do it for like a side job like on Sundays when I don't know when I'm mm-hmm. not teaching well I'll probably need to be setting up my classes for Monday but <laughs> if I have time if I have right. time you know a good teacher is never on vacation right <laughs> a good teacher is always prepping on Sundays too you know good for you um kosher money 2.0 for kids right <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Okay. Well, Mina, it was so fun talking to you. I learned a lot from you. I love how you expressed yourself. You're using such high-level vocabulary words for a seven-year-old, and you seem like a girl who's learning so much about the world, right? And I hope that you continue to just soak in all this information and keep connecting to yourself, right? To yourself, to figure out who you really are through the art and through um, nature, right? You talked about how beautiful it is to be on the dock at the beach and through your amazing school, it sounds like, and through connecting to Hashem. And I can't wait slash, to hear great things from you. Slash learning center. Slash learning center. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get the lingo right. I got to get it right. Bye, Mina. Thank you for coming on. Bye. Thank you, Hashem, for believing in me.
Okay, kids, this is the part where you need to get your moms, okay? And grandmothers, and it's like a ladies type of thing. This book over here is called Which Way Is Up? It's a Mosaic Press book written by Rabbitson Feige Tversky. She is a very, very, very special Rabbitson. And the book is chapter after chapter. Like, you know the type of book that you don't have to read in any specific order. You could just find the title that you like of that chapter and read it. So that's the kind of book it is. And for me, that's the best kind because a lot of times when I'm reading a book, I forget which page I'm up to. So you could just be like, oh, that chapter looks interesting. So you could just literally look at the table of contents in the beginning and just choose a chapter that sounds like it speaks to you. What I found so special about this book is that when I was reading it, I felt like I was schmoozing with this Rabbitson who has so much life experience. She puts like cute little stories in there and a lot of Torah, lessons for life for people in all different stages. It feels like I'm sitting with my bubby. Like that's how I feel when I'm reading it. So would I recommend this book? 100 million percent. Literally, so relatable. You'll smile. You'll nod your head. It's really the perfect read for a Shabbos afternoon when you need to read something short and meaningful and enjoyable all at the same time. Come on. That's all the time I've got anyways, right? So check it out. MosaicPress.com and use our code KIDS18 for 18% off your entire purchase from the website. But check out this book, Which Way Is Up? A Journey with Rabbits and Figgy Torsky. And just visit their website and browse through all of their different books that they have. First of all, the covers are adorable. Like when you see this cover, it's actually so clever. All of their books, when you touch the covers, they kind of like pop out. And for the sensory ones among us, it's actually a really nice feel. The pages are soft. I know that sounds funny, but I'm very into that. Check out this book and check out all of the books at mosaicopress.com today. And now it's time for me to share with you a very special conversation I had with the superstar Mora, Mrs. Greenberger. Enjoy. Hi, I'm here with Mrs. Greenberger. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I teach girls grades three through six, and I'm not a typical type of Mora. I teach through art. Oh my gosh, did you hear that? Oh God. Although I teach psukim, I do it all through art. So it's a special art class, and we call it Emuna Through Art. That's so cool. Where do you live? I live in Chicago in a little place called Lincolnwood. When people ask me where I live, I just say Chicago. Right. And they're not going to know what that is. Exactly. Sounds cool, though. Basically, Sounds like Lincoln Logs. <laughs> so I'm very excited to have you here because today I want to focus on art. I think that so many kids are good at art. And I think so many kids enjoy different parts of art. And art could mean many different things to many different people. Since you are an, a teacher of art and you understand kids and you understand people, I want you to be able to share with us what any kid can know about how amazing it is to use art to help us believe in Hashem, to help us feel good about ourselves. This is a very interesting thing that you teach a class called Amuna with Art. I love how that sounds. Could you tell me a little bit about how that came to be? Like, were you always this kind of teacher? Tell us about like how you started out when you first maybe became a Mora. So I was a Mora for many, many years. I mostly taught first grade. I also taught second grade and third grade. I taught sixth grade and seventh grade and eighth grade. And really, I just love, love, love teaching. I love connecting with the kids. I love talking about Hashem, helping kids connect with Hashem through Torah and in different ways. But when COVID hit, in my school that I taught in, everything was on Zoom. Once COVID was over, I felt like I really needed a break. And I ended up taking the year off 
of teaching. And I decided I was just going to get like a regular job. And I did. I got a job. I didn't last very long because <laughs> from Mora to just have a regular job when you're a Mora at heart. And I really, really missed teaching. So I thought, what could I do? And I decided I was going to teach art. So I'm not actually an art teacher. I didn't take art lessons or anything like that. But I always loved to draw. I loved to paint. And one thing that I loved the most really was the Olive Bay's letters. That really goes back to when I was in fourth grade. I had a fourth grade mower. Her name was Maura Kalbach. She was the first teacher that really, really connected with me on a, in a deep way and really saw me for who I was. And I felt very connected to her. And in between, whenever we would finish a subject and we had extra time, she gave out this packet. And in the packet was how do you draw Hebrew print letters, like beautiful print letters. Like it's and called calligraphy, like that? Like calligraphy, yes. And I just fell in love with the letters of the Aleph Base. I can't explain it any other way. You know, the Aleph Base is Hashem's creation before even the world. And each letter has its own story, and there's so much to learn about all the letters of the Aleph Base. So a lot of what I would draw, or I would say all of what I would draw, always had psukim attached to them. So when I, I'll go back to- Psukim are made up of Aleph Bey's letters. Exactly. And psukim specifically that were meaningful to me. So I would draw them beautifully and I would, you know, paint a scene around it or something like that. Um, And how old were you when you started doing that? Oh, since fourth grade. Wow. You were a very holy fourth grader. I don't know if I would see it that way. I think the way Amora connects to her students, they see themselves through her eyes and that kind of connected me to this Mora, Mora Kalbach. I actually, only two years ago, I got her number and I called her up and I told her what a tremendous impression she's made on my life up until today. So I started this class in my house and I wanted to just teach art, but I needed it to be something meaningful. And I came up with this Amuna through art and I'm going to teach Amuna concepts to kids and we're going to do a piece of art that's connected to it. I called the principal of the school And I told him this idea that I was doing, and he loved it. You know, the school that I work in, I'm very lucky. They're extremely supportive. It's called Ari Crown Hebrew Day School. So cool. So let's start from the very beginning. Like what a young kid comes into your art class, how do you explain what Amuna is? Because some people know it, but some people don't. So I really don't give them one definition of Amuna. Because Amuna is so many things. As we start to learn, the kids can give you a bunch of ideas of what is Amuna. They could say to you, Amuna is looking outside and looking at a tree and looking at the leaves and watching the wind blow it and knowing that there is Hashem. Amuna is knowing that whatever happens to you in your day, there's a plan to it. There's a purpose to it. That's Amuna. You know, so I don't, I don't really take Amuna. Here's the definition. Right. You let them figure out what it means for them. Right. There's so many things that fall under the, the word Amuna. Mm-hmm. You know, Amuna is knowing that Hashem is with me always. Amuna is knowing that I'm never alone. All these things that kids today, all you kids who are listening right now, you should know, you are very, very, very special. And you have a great ability to connect with Hashem exactly where you are at, at the exact age that you are, no matter how old you are. It's there for you to connect with Hashem. And I want kids to understand that and to feel that and to think about Hashem more and to connect with Hashem more just in their day to day. And so that's why really Amuna doesn't have a specific definition. Right. That's very true. You start off each lesson with 
something? Like, do you start with the art or do you start with the inspiration, like with the thing that you're going to teach them? So the kids come into my classroom. On the board, there's a pasuk that's going to be written on the board. And that's the pasuk that we're learning. That's the pasuk that we're connecting to Hashem through. And that's the piece of art that's going to be connected with. So there's a pasuk on the board, and then there's just my interpretation, or I take from different tzaddikim, different rabbanim, famous people who've said different things about this particular pasuk, and we learn about it. So they come in, they sit down, and they right away read the board. That's the first thing that they do. So, And then we start talking about it. We get into a discussion. What does this mean to you? How, do, how could this apply to you in your life? What's, like, an, what's an example of something you would learn about? Like something that... I start every year with the words of David HaMelech when he says, And my, my cup of salvation is full. And what does David HaMelech do? He calls out to Hashem. I find pain and, and difficult times. What is his response? We always talk about every year at the beginning of the year that as Yidin, what we're meant to do no matter what we go through in life is build a relationship with Hashem. And everything each of us is going through, every struggle we go through, it's specifically handmade for you and for you and for you and for you. Nothing is random. But Hashem wants something from us. He wants our closeness. He wants us to reach out to Him, to call out to Him. And David Amalek teaches us that. So, so is that, that a pasuk like, from Tehillim? Yes. And we say that in, in Halo. I'm remembering the Yehuda song, Yehuda exclamation point. The conversations that you're having with these fourth and fifth graders and, you know, elementary kids, these are not conversations that people a lot of times have with kids. It's so special that you realize that these kids actually want to learn about it and they need to hear about it and they need to talk about it, even at their age, especially maybe even at their age, right? For sure. And the truth is, is that I tell my students all the time, they inspire me. I learn so much from them. I know this is the truth, that teachers learn from their students, but particularly when it comes to emuna, there's a certain purity that kids have. certain purity, you know, in their eyes and the way that they view the world. It's just uncomplicated. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when an adult is going through a struggle in their life, they're going through something hard in their life and a pure, innocent, beautiful neshama says something to them, it can inspire them in ways that a big drasha and a big sheer couldn't, you know, get them into the right place. So really, I consider myself extremely fortunate to be able to do what I do every day because every day I get inspiration from the beautiful children of Kali Yisrael. That's actually what I get every single day. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel. Working with kids is the best thing in the whole world. It really is if you appreciate how special each and every one of these kids are. Right, guys? You guys listening to this. The reason why I'm having this conversation with Mrs. Greenberger is so that in case you're a kid who's listening to this, and even if you know all your strengths, 
it's always important to remember that you are so pure and so precious. Your connection is inspiring yourself maybe, but you're inspiring other people around you. You know, it's interesting. A lot of times we we record songs, me and my girls, and one of our songs we recorded, we sent to different people that we know that we're close with. Music is a form of art. One adult that we know was listening to the music and her reaction was, wow, it's exactly what you just said. She said, I... I'm going through something difficult right now. And so many adults try to make me feel better and give me chizok and say it's going to be okay. And Hashem is, it's all for a reason. But hearing your daughter singing those words in that song with her pure voice and the words in the song had to do with how to deal with problems. And she said, that is all I need. And I feel so much better. And I had a good cry from it. That's exactly what I needed. That's exactly probably the feeling that you're saying. Like, and I get it because I worked with kids for so many years. And I think that the kids, even if they're five years old, even if they're six years old, and and then all the years, whatever, but especially kids have such a power. Like when kids dive in for something, this is something that I find a lot. They really believe that their tefillos are going to be answered. Like, what do you mean? Like I'm asking Hashem. So Hashem's listening to me. And that's the Exactly, exactly. And as an adult, when I when you're watching, for example, when I was a Mora and I was watching my kids sing Ani Mamim at Davening, and they say, and I believe that Mashiach is coming, even though it may take so long, they're closing their eyes and they're shuckling and they really believe Mashiach is coming. Like I could see it in their faces, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Cause when I said Ani Mamim earlier before I came to school this morning as a Mora, I don't even know if I had time to say Ani Mamim, or even if I was, it was like <laughs> And am I really believe that Mashiach is coming today like these kids believe? So then I would think to myself, oh boy, I'm going to remember that next time I dive and I'm going to think and it really pumped up my Amuna watching their Amuna. I believe that Mashiach is coming even though it may take long to bring us I've definitely, I've had many experiences. A kid will come over to me and tell me like a quick Emuna story, something that happened to them. One girl came in and she said, I just wanted to show you, I started an Emuna journal and I opened it and she gave it to me and I said, wow, I was blown away. Um, what did she do? What was in it? Now she's in, she's a fifth grade girl. She decided I'm going to start an Emuna journal. She gave it to me. She wanted me to look through it. <laughs> I opened it up and I, I just felt like Hashem sees these words. That's how I felt. Uh, he must get so much pleasure and joy from this. It was page after page of her noticing Hashem in nature. That's what it was. Hashem, I walked down the street and I saw the most magnificent flower. You're the most amazing artist. How did you even think of all these colors? Things like this. This is what was written page after page after page. Some drawings, another girl She said, I wanted to tell you something. I was laying in bed at night and I was talking to Hashem. And by the way, I'll tell you, Maratiri, I mean, I don't remember lying in bed when I was in, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade talking to Hashem. I don't remember (laughs) that. I don't. But kids today, they do that. Wow. Every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors fill my head. A million dreams are keeping me away. And I was talking to Hashem and I was telling him about all the things that I need, you know, things that are, that are just missing from my life. And I went on for a few minutes and then I realized if I'm asking Hashem for all the things I need, I should take some time to thank him for the things that I have. And then I just went on to thank him for a bunch of things. So there I am standing in the front of the room, listening to this beautiful 
Nishama speaking to me and telling me this with such purity. And I was like, I told this girl, I said, you bet I'm going to do that tonight when I'm, <laughs> you know, like, right. you hear these things from these kids. And for the kids who are listening, it doesn't mean that you're going to feel this way all the time. It doesn't mean you're always going to feel so connected. Sometimes we don't feel connected. And you know what? That's okay. And that's okay too. And in those times that we don't feel connected, we're meant to say, Hashem, I want to feel more connected to you. Oh, Hashem, I want to talk to you. I want to get close to you. I want to feel like you're right by my side. You know, I, I heard in class today that you're always with me. I'm never alone, but I, I don't feel you. So what are we meant to do? We're meant to talk to Hashem about these things. I have a callback for my class and the words are Einur Milvado. So I say Einur Milvado and they say Einur Milvado and I teach them the meaning of Einur Milvado. So what does that mean? If you need their attention, that's what you say? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a callback, you know, like some teachers will say, one, two, eyes on you or something like that. So, right. I, so you, you, you say, Eno Mavado, and they right. say that. Back. And however I say it, they say it. So whatever, like I'll say it in a sing-song voice or, you know, however I say it, they answer it back to me. And what, and I what does Eno Mavado mean? So I teach them, Eno Mavado means that Hashem is the only force that has any power in this world. When everything started in Eretz Yisrael with this war, I made a big sign in the hallway that said, Einod Milvado, and I wrote those words, that Hashem is the only force that has any power in this world, and I did it to give all of us chizok, that we should look at it and we should know. This is our reality. Whatever happens in our lives, Hashem is really the only one who's in control. That's it. Every lesson that we do in class, mostly it's from Sefer Tehillim, so you know a lot of your listeners are saying a lot of Tehillim now. Yeah, we're big Tehillim fans here. So am I. I once heard from a Rav, who's actually a Rav in Eretz Yisrael, Rav Yitzchak Schwartz. He's the Rav in a community called Givat Zev. And I heard him say, yes, we cry when we say Tehillim. And sometimes we, ay, 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 Ms. Marley David, right? And we get like that. David HaMelech made beautiful songs and beautiful music. And we should make sure to be singing our Tehillim also. And ever since I heard him say that a few years ago, when I say my Tehillim, I sing it. I do wow. it in song voice instead of just saying it in like a word for word. I sing it because that's what David HaMelech did. I would love to know what it sounded like. Can you imagine what mm -hmm. did that like? I can't wait to find out. Well, so with his harp as well. It must have been yeah. beautiful. Yeah. When Avram Freed came onto the Tehillim army, he said at the end, when he said goodbye to everybody, when Mashiach comes, I'll be happy to let David Amalek lead the, the concerts and I'll take a step back. <laughs> right. And that's exactly what we're hoping for. We can't wait. And he said to the kids, this was so beautiful. He said, I have no doubt that David Amalek is going to know each and every one of you. He's going to recognize you because you're singing that's his so songs. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. That's so powerful. And it's so true. And we know that David Hamel says the Tehillim along with us. We don't know exactly what that means, but he's, right. he's very connected to Tehillim and to all the kids who say Tehillim. Very connected. And he knew suffering. He knew what it was like to have a hard time. So that's, yeah, that's if there's anyone who could tell us what to say, it's David. Yeah, we talk about that a lot in class. We talk about what was happening when this capital was written. We always speak about what was going on in David Amalek's life. And sometimes, you know, the kids hear these stories and they just can't imagine. And really, and he was still singing. Why is he singing? It's just unbelievable because to David Hamalach, what did he say? He said, Whatever is going to bring me closer to Hashem, that's what he called Tov. And every struggle he went through, he used it to come closer to Hashem. That's not to say that he wasn't sad, but who did he express it to? To Hashem. And wow. we take 
take a lesson from that. That's what we do. When we're in pain, confused about things in life, we're meant to find a quiet space to sit and tell Hashem all about it. He's listening. Wow. And it's like David used like an artistic side to him of his music and his singing to be able to get close to Hashem. Okay, so you explained so beautifully about how the Amuna piece um, really, really comes into play in so many kids' lives. And could you just explain now how the art connects with the Amuna? Like what type of art do you guys do? Is it all painting? And just I'd love to hear about how the art part works because that sounds like the fun part. Sure, yes. So I like to introduce lots of different mediums with the kids and teach them lots of different techniques. We use watercolors, we use oil pastels. The art obviously always is going to connect to the Amuna lesson. So when I when the kids come in and they look at the board and they read what's on the board, the pasuk and the explanation and different inspiring things that have been said by our tzaddikim, also what's going to be on the board is a piece of art. And that way I'm able to explain to them how it connects or ask them, like, what do you think the connection is here? Usually it's pretty obvious. So um, like, for example, if give me a pasuk from Nishmas because you just used okay, that sure. and you told us that you teach that. Right. So we did the simile from Nishmas, which is and it goes on. And in English, you know, for all you kids who are listening, what it's a simile is when you compare one thing to another thing. So what it's saying is if our mouths were full of song as much as the ocean and our tongues sang joyous songs as many as the waves... And it continues on to different parts of that simile, like if our hands were as outspread as the eagles of the, of the heavens, our legs were as swift as a deer, right? So each of my classes took on a different piece of that simile. I always encourage the kids to write the pasuk that connects to the art somewhere on their art in an artistic way. So maybe they'll do it, you know, in a swirl. I feel like that's very important because it gives the art a lot of meaning. And later on, maybe in a few years, they might look at that piece of art and say, what? Why did we do this again? <laughs> what was the connection? And if the right. pasuk is there on it, it will remind them. When we learn, I'm sure you say many times in your Tehillim army, that pasuk, yes? Mm-hmm. And we right? say, you say Kofafal, if Hashem right, never sleeps, he's always watching right? us. Mm-hmm. Right. So I teach them how to draw a lighthouse. I show them lots of different pictures of lighthouses. And I explain to them, if someone's in a ship in a dark, dark ocean, and they're scared, and they're alone, but they see a light in the distance, then they know, wait, there is there's somebody there. Like, I have a mm-hmm. direction. I'm not alone. And I, I teach them that, that same feeling about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like, even when we're afraid, even when we feel alone, even when we're struggling, if we focus on the fact that we know that Hashem is right there with us, it can give us a lot of comfort. That's so beautiful. So then they make like an ocean and, and like a dark yeah, ocean so I teach or something? Them different, with- yeah, I, I show them different pictures. That's one of my favorite things to do because I tell them all to close their eyes. And I tell them the story of someone on a ship in a big, dark ocean. And it becomes just very real. And when right. I tell them, and then your imagination leads you to create. Right. And then I, um, a lot of times I'll tell them, you know, I did this with watercolor. I did this with oil pastel. If you think of something else that would look better for your piece, here are some other supplies that you can work with. Do you want to do your lighthouse on an island in the middle of the ocean? Do you want to do it on land? You know, so there are all these different options that they can use their creativity to come up with a beautiful piece. Many times they want it to look like, you know, a specific picture that they saw. 
a lot of times they're able to think of their own. I'm their thinking own of like the Cape in. Cod. I'm thinking of like the bag of Cape Cod potato chips. Oh I yeah, like that's totally. What I would draw. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I should really bring in a bag of chips when I do that list. <laughs> We call it imagery. Like you think of a picture in your head or you see real pictures of real things or whatever, and then you you create, you make it your own. And I'm sure they all come out looking very different from each other. Yep. Today I was hanging up the girls who did the Ilufinu Malishira Kayam. They did a big ocean. I taught them how to create an image with value, which is like some parts of it look darker, some parts of it look lighter with watercolor. So it really looks like a big ocean, kind of in a circular movement. And I showed them how to draw an eagle. And they all decided different places. Where do they want to put their eagle? How many eagles do they want to put? How do they want to write their words? And I hung them up today. And I was just looking at it and marveling how each one was completely different from the next. And this is the beauty of our individuality. We all can think of the same idea, but bring it out into the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Each one of us is so different. Sometimes it's hard in school for kids. Like I remember when I was a kid in school, it was hard because we had to do everything a certain way. Everything had certain things had to be done a certain way. And then when it came to like the artistic things about school, like for sure in art class, or even when the Mora takes out a Pesach Haggadah and says, okay, for Kaddish, everyone's gonna take the silver thing and cut it into this shape. And it first of all made me very nervous. Like as a kid, I would get very nervous. Like, am I doing it right? You know, like, am I supposed to cut it this way or whatever? And, um, and then, then you're always comparing it, but it doesn't look like her. So it's not good. Right. So I think it's so beautiful when you could say, okay, so the idea is this is Kaddish. Kaddish, the father makes Kiddish and a cup of wine. Now think in your head and, and think in your head. Okay. What do you think you can use to make that happen or this is what happens and you say the story of the setting similarly and then right. and then when it, when you make it you number one it's something you're very proud of because like like you know when you say you know something I'm sure as an art teacher you know kids always like to say is it good is it good is it good right so right. and here you could just say back to them well do you like it do you think it's good what do you like about it what are you drawing right Right? So that's art has so many opportunities for us to feel good about ourselves if we know that we can do what we want to do. That's so true. Everything you just said is so true. I think that what kids need to really remember, and I think this doesn't just go for kids, it goes for us adults too, is that there is sometimes a certain fear of, you know, going out of your comfort zone. And doing something that you think might look good, but you're afraid of maybe what other people will say, or if it really will be good. Am I willing to take this risk to try this idea? I have an idea, but I'm like afraid to do it. I might mess it up. Like I hear that a lot. Um, And for some kids, they, you know, some kids listening to this might say, I like it when the teacher shows me exactly what to do because it makes them feel secure. Mm -hmm. So all kids are so different. And I definitely... I definitely have sometimes I'll, I think, should I even show an example? Should I even show the finished piece? Because I don't want them to have this image of that's what my piece has to look like. So right. it's something we talk about a lot. You know, if your piece comes out looking different than mine, I will be the happiest thing in the world. I want to see <laughs> your creativity come out. But it's, it's mm-hmm. scary sometimes for kids to do that. Sometimes we have a great idea and we just go for it. But sometimes we hold ourselves back from creating because we're afraid of what people might say. Um, So we try to really work through that in art. 
because art is really just a big experiment and it's really like life. In life, we all make mistakes, all of us. Every kid makes mistakes. That's how they learn. Every adult makes mistakes. That's how they learn. And really the same thing applies to art. Like great, great artists, they've made lots of mistakes and tried lots of different ways to do things to get to where they are today. Wow. What's your favorite type of art to do? Because I know that you well, do just different today, types. Yeah, just today I took out my watercolors. Because <laughs> I know I told you I love watercolors. You know, it's a very relaxing thing to do. You know, if you ever feel like things are just going cuckoo around you, or like you just have so much going on, and you just pull out your watercolors, and you just dip it into the water, you could put on some relaxing music, and you just... It sounds like a dream. Let me ask you, you just can, I, the, can you the explain to me how watercolors work? I never understood sure. how water... No one ever I'll taught me. I'll explain it to you. I'll explain it to you. First of all, to get good quality watercolor is not that expensive. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can go to Michael's, and you can get yourself a really good watercolor palette for $10. And then you can get some pretty good quality brushes, also maybe $5.99 on Amazon. That's all you really need. And watercolor paper, if you really want to get a nice effect. So what you need to do to make the watercolors really nice is you got to spray them first. Take some water, spray them, and then you activate the color. And it allows for the pigment to really come out. And then there's two techniques that I teach my students. There's wet on wet, mm -hmm. and then there's wet on dry. So if it's wet on wet, then your paper is going to be wet, and the paint is going to be wet, and it's going to spread around in ways that you don't have much control over. And if you do wet on dry, then your paper is dry, and your paints are wet, and you can control the color more. It's a very soothing type of way of painting, and it's very forgiving because I teach my students this like really cool magic trick. If you get paint, watercolor paint, on your paper and you don't want it there, all you need to do is take some clean water, go over that area, press down with a paper towel, lift it up, and it will be gone. It's magic. So maybe one day you could come to so Chicago. Cool. We could sit down. I really and I can. I teach just you. feel like every time I open up a pack of watercolor, and over the years I've done it a million times, it's like I'm always not sure. Do you like first take the brush? Do you first wet the brush? Do you first smush it around the paint? Do you for and and it, you know you know it's never too late wet to brush. learn. So thank a you for teaching brush. me. Always <laughs> always with a wet brush. No, it's never. Okay, so Mrs. Greenberger, you taught us so many beautiful things. You taught me so many beautiful things about Amuna and about art and what happens when the two of them fuse together. I love it. Can you just, you know, talk straight to our listeners, our amazing kids, our incredible kids, and give them a message that you would want them to know? First of all, when Mortsiri says you're incredible kids, you really are incredible kids. That's the first thing to know. And I know Mortsiri says that all the time, but you have to really, really, really believe it and let that come into your heart. What I will tell you, the message that I want to leave you with is to know and to believe with every part of you that you are a gem. And I'm going to say it in a rhyme. You are a gem. You are a jewel in the crown of Hashem. And you have to remember that all the time, that Hashem adores you. Hashem is proud of you. He cherishes you. And you are just such an important and precious part of Klal Yisrael. And just keep being you and shine your light that only you has into the world, into the great big world. That's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And again, like, I wish I listened to that 
and closed my eyes because then I feel like I I'm getting inspired for a painting. Like I'm thinking of a crown. Yes, I'm thinking you of should gems. think of a crown and maybe say this in to each survive. gem there's a little face or something. I don't know. I don't want to make it weird, but like each of our incredible kids in the crown of Hashem, like something, yeah. some really beautiful painting is brewing. I gotta yes. go get some watercolors. I'll go through my kids' yes. supplies box, and I'll tell <laughs> I'll tell the kids also to go to go look in the mirror and and say that to yourself. Look at yourself in the eyes. Look at your beautiful sparkling eyes and say that to yourself. I I am a gem. I am a jewel in the crown of Hashem. And there's no, there's no other like me, nobody else. Thank you so much, Mrs. Greenberger, for joining us. My and pleasure. It's a Thank pleasure you so you. much for having me. And now it's time for homework. Ooh. Oh, come on. Not that kind. So my thoughts at the end of this episode for you to be able to do something now, to practice what we talked about. I mean, come on, we got to do a piece of art. So what I'm going to suggest is that at some point in the next bit, it could be today, if it works for you, it could be in the next few days, take out a piece of paper, maybe you even have good art paper, find some paint in your house, watercolor, maybe acrylic paint if you're using a smock, of course, with the permission of your parents, and making sure that you don't do it like on the dining room chairs or on the carpet, you know what I mean? And just sit down and just paint, just create mindlessly. I mean, you could also try to do something specific, but just see where the strokes of your brush take you. And while you're doing it, think about something that inspires you. Think about how it's making you feel. Concentrate on each and every stroke that you're doing And let your body feel calm. You're going to feel such a special feeling inside of you. I mean, you know, sometimes painting is not for everybody. I'm not saying that every single person is going to feel exactly the same way. Just let yourself get lost in the colors and the movement. And kind of like what Mina told us before about how like when she's doodling, she just wants to just let her scribbles go here and there. And sometimes you're just not in the mood of making something specific. And like Mrs. Greenberger said, sometimes, you know, one thing you make turns into something else and that might actually be the best masterpiece of all. So just let yourself create and explore. And the challenge is going to be not to get frustrated and angry with yourself if it's not the way you wanted it to be, because guess what? You might not even have had any sort of vision to begin with. And see how that feels. And if you want to share your experience with me, let me know at ikidspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear about your experience. Meanwhile, everyone, have a great rest of your day. And I hope to see you here or at the Tehillim Army, 6 p.m. every day, Sunday to Thursday. Check out incrediblekids.org for updated information all the time. Have an incredible rest of your day. Are you an incredible kid? Send your story to ikidspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe today to the Incredible Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, you are all incredible kids.